0: Oh, the claymation the clamation cartoons were my favorite growing up. Yes. Hey, on your way in, you were handed a Christmas ornament, says Christmas at Ward, and this is for you to use when you invite somebody to join you for Christmas Eve services this year. People are far more open to an invitation to church at Christmas time than any other time a year of the year. And you want to sweeten your invitation, take your ornament and attach it to a tin of Christmas cookies or candies and deliver it to your neighbor as a gift. You can be a blessing to your neighbors. Uh, We've been exploring some of the Christmas movies uh, that we know and love, and using them as a springboard to talk about the real Christmas. And whether the Christmas movie is silly, like the one we're going to look at today, or romantic, like all the Hallmark Christmas movies, or whether it's action-adventure, like the famous Christmas movie, Die Hard which I'm told is not a Christmas movie, but I'm not so sure. Even when a Christmas movie is non-religious, it often reveals a longing of the human heart that points to Christmas. And if we will look just beneath the surface at some of these unexpected themes, we will learn something about the God who works in unexpected ways at Christmas time. Today we're going to look at what I think is one of the sillier Christmas movies ever made, uh, Elf. Uh, came out in 2003, hard to believe it's been 20 years. Buddy the Elf, played by Will Ferrell, is a baby orphan who in infancy accidentally crawls into Santa's bag and ends up at the North Pole. And he is adopted by the elves and raised as an elf. But over time, as he grows, he realizes he doesn't quite fit in there. First of all, he's six foot four, and he bumps his head on things. He doesn't fit in the furniture, and he's not very good at toy making and, and, and his adoptive elf father, played by Bob Newhart, tells him that he is in fact adopted and that his, his birth father is in New York City. And Buddy the elf goes on an adventure to find his dad. The problem is Buddy has only known the joy of the North Pole, and he's never learned how to get along in the real human world. So let's take a look at Buddy the elf when he meets his father for the first time.
1: Sorry I can't ride with you the rest of the way up, but this is where my dad works. Well, have a good time. Oh, I forgot to give you a hug. Oh, well, I don't know, Connie. I've never declawed kittens before. How many? Eight? I don't know if I'm going to have time. Well, all right, just bring them by the camper this week and they'll see what I can do. I'm not going to charge you. Just bring them by and i will see what I can do. Excuse me. I'm here to see a Walter Hobbs I'm Buddy the Elf. <laughs> you look hilarious. Who sent you? Papa Elf.
0: Papa Elf? Mm-hmm.
1: From the North Pole.
0: From the North Pole?
1: Yes. So you really think we should ship him? No. I think we should take a $30,000 bath so some kid can understand what happened to a puppy and a friggin' pigeon. Ship him. Yeah. Mr. Hobbs? It's me on the intercom. Go ahead. Yeah, I think someone sent you a Christmas gram. Dad!
0: All right, uh, let's get it over with.
1: I walked all day and night to find you. Uh, you look like you came from the North Pole. <laughs> That's exactly where I came from. Santa must have called you. Oh, yeah, sure. He, uh, just got off the cell phone with me. You did? So, go on. Go on with what? Well, I, are you going to sing a song or something, or can I just go back to work? A song? Uh, Yeah. Anything for you, Dad. Um, I, uh, I'm I'm here with my dad, and we never met, and he wants me to sing him a song. <laughs> and um, I was adopted, but you didn't know I was born. So I'm here now. I found you, Daddy. And guess what? I love you. I love you. I love you. <sighs> wow.
0: Well. That's weird. I mean, usually guys just uh, you know put my name in the jingle
1: bells or something. It's me, your son. Susan Wells had me, and, and she didn't tell you. And, and 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 But now I'm here. It's me, buddy. Susan Wells? You said Susan Wells? Yes. Who sent this Christmas gram? What's a Christmas gram? I want one.
0: I think we should call security. Good
1: idea. I like to whisper, too. It's okay, Walter's my father. Well, your dad's busy right now. Okay, I'll come back later. Yeah, you know you're not gonna come back for a while. Okay, you're gonna go back to Sandland. Okay. Yeah, why don't you go back to Gimble's?
0: Yeah, buddy. Uh, buddy wants this beautiful Christmas family experience, and it turns out to be very chaotic. Uh, none of it is what he imagines in his mind. This movie is one of my wife's least favorite Christmas movies um, because while it's funny it is pretty stressful start to finish and how's the stress in your family going right about now three weeks from Christmas day? You know, there's a lot of extra activities that we have. We have to bake cookies, and you got to get gifts for your uh, children's teachers. And uh, we have extra religious events and work parties. And then we let the kids out of school. Whose idea was that? (laughs) It's a very stressful time. And uh, a study from British doctors discovered that at 10 p.m. on Christmas Eve, you are 37% more likely to have a heart attack. Researchers called it the Christmas coronary. And today we're going to look at the Christmas story through the eyes of Joseph. When you think about it, Joseph in the Christmas story has the most stressful family Christmas season imaginable. His fiancé tells him that she is pregnant and he is not the father. They've got to travel a great distance at Christmas to an overcrowded city. The baby is born in deplorable conditions, and in the end they have to flee the country for fear of their own lives. And you think you've had a stressful Christmas. No. Joseph had a plan for this season of his life, and his plan was for a peaceful, loving family time at home, and all of his plans were out the window when that angel showed up. And do you think that Joseph felt a little bit of stress when the angel told him that he would play the role of a father to the Son of God? Today we're going to peer over the shoulder of Jesus of jo- Joseph and look at some of the things that Joseph did in this very stressful season. Three things that Joseph did in a stressful season. First, he did the right things. The scripture that was read in verse 19 says that he was a uh, righteous man. The version that we read says he was faithful to the law. The, the uh, Greek says he was a Siddiq. a Siddiq. That Greek word was not used for everyone. It was reserved for the most devout, the most dedicated, people of the highest reputation. Verse 19 says this of Joseph, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, because he was a righteous man, because he was a sadiq, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had a mind to divorce her quietly now this says joseph was her husband technically they're not married yet they're engaged to be married but in that day an engagement had a much stronger commitment to it to break an engagement uh, they would say that that was a divorce so imagine that you are joseph and the woman to whom you have committed yourself tells you that she is pregnant and you are not the father her idea of commitment seems far different than your own in that day this a a transgression like this is not only shameful it's punishable by death he lives in a small town word travels fast his own reputation is at stake what should joseph do and joseph decides that he will not return hurt for hurt he decides that he will need to break the engagement for integrity's sake But he knows there's more than one way to break the engagement. He could do it publicly and humiliate her and expose her to shame, talk junk about her throughout the community. Or he could make the divorce quiet and do as little damage to her as possible. And that's what he decides to do. He will not return hurt for hurt. He will, even though his own heart is wounded, he will treat her with honor. Now, in this Christmas season, you're going to be around a lot of people over the next few weeks... And someone is going to offend you. Someone's not going to live up to your expectations. Uncle Bob's going to talk about politics again. And you can do what Joseph did and do the right thing even when you've been offended. Act honorably even when you have been wronged. A pastor friend recently shared with me a bedtime prayer that he prays over his children every night when he tucks them in to bed. I so wish I had learned this prayer when my kids were small. I would have incorporated this into our family tradition. He said he got it from a book. But this is the prayer he prays at nighttime with his kids. It begins, God, give us wisdom to know what is right. And when he prays that first line, he actually touches them on the forehead. God, give us wisdom to know what is right. And then he touches... Where their heart is Uh, give us the courage to do what is right help us to say the right things with our mouth and do the right things with our hands even when it's hard now this prayer was written for parents and grandparents to pray over their children but I'd like us to say this all aloud together with the hand motions if you don't mind so everyone hands on the on the forehead here Together, give us wisdom to know what is right, give us the courage to do what is right, help us to say the right things with our mouth, and do the right things with our hands, even when it's hard. And I think that last line, even when it's hard, is the most important part. Joseph did the right thing even when it was hard. He decides to divorce Mary quietly when it would have been so much easier to distance himself publicly from her shame. And then the angel shows up and says, no, Joseph, Mary is telling you the truth. This child is the son of God. Take Mary home as your wife. And Joseph does that, even though it made his life much more difficult. After the baby is born, the angel appears again and tells him to flee the country, to flee all their familiar uh, support systems, and Joseph does it. Joseph does right things consistently, even when it is hard. And then secondly, Joseph had the right spirit. He was a righteous man. He was a Siddiq, which meant he knew not just the law, he knew God. He, he met God. And this was key to his ability to consistently do what is right. I can do right things for a while out of sheer persistence and human grit, but that only lasts for so long. After a while, I need a power that flows from within me. Uh, Just because it's fun, let's watch this next clip from Buddy the Elf.
1: Wow, what's this? This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, OK? OK. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for the announcement. OK. OK, people. Tomorrow morning, 10 AM, Santa's coming to Santa! town. Santa! Oh, my god! Santa here? I know him. I know him. You'll be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah. Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town. Yes. Can you sign this for me? Oh, hi. Santa's coming.
0: <sighs> he knows Santa. When you know God and know God's love, you can share God's love with others. There is an inexplicable, glorious joy that comes in the knowing. And Joseph knew this kind of joy. Happiness and joy are different things. Happiness comes from the same root word as happening or circumstance. You get a good deal, you get a good gift, and you are happy. Joy is not that way. Joy is a confident peace that comes your way regardless of what's happening, regardless of the circumstances. That word happiness is used in the Bible about 27 times. The word joy is used in the Bible 320 times. Christmas is about joy. The first century was a dark, threatening, foreboding world, and right in the midst of that comes good news of great joy. The angels sang of it, and many ways when we gather on Sundays to worship and to sing, we remind ourselves of that joy. We reclaim that joy. Buddy the Elf says in the movie, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loud for all to hear. Right? Singing is one of the ways we remind ourselves of the joy that's available to us in God. There is a deep and lasting joy that's available to you regardless of circumstances. It comes from a true connection with the living God. And Joseph had that. And you and I can have that too. Lastly, Joseph led the right way. He led the right way. Joseph led his family, remember, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, then from Bethlehem to Egypt, then from Egypt back to Nazareth, all under the guidance of God. And as odd as it sounds, Joseph taught Jesus the scriptures. I don't know how it all works when your child is both fully God and fully human, but the child Jesus was dependent on his earthly father Joseph for his physical well-being and for his nurture and development. No matter what place you have in your family, what would it look like to lead your family toward God this Christmas season? To maybe say, what if we prayed before the Christmas meal this year? What if we read the Christmas story before we opened gifts this year? It's never too late to start these kinds of traditions. This is what the Bible says to parents in the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy, these famous words, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up parents are to impress the love of God on their children and to talk with their children about the instructions of God throughout the day now most parents myself included feel some guilt around this that we haven't done a great job and Christmas is a great time to start new traditions, and to have new conversations. It's never too late with our kids and with our grandkids. And it doesn't have to be a loud thing. It's very interesting, in the story of Christmas from the Bible, Joseph never actually speaks. The writers give him no lines to say. Everybody else in the Christmas story speaks. Mary, uh, the, the, uh, uh, Elizabeth, Zechariah, Uh, Herod speaks, the angels speak, uh, even the shepherds speak, but Joseph alone is silent in the Christmas story. Maybe he's a shy kind of guy, maybe he's timid, but he consistently and faithfully, in stressful situations, did the right thing, had the right spirit, and led in the right way. I want to make a couple more observations about Buddy the Elf. I think the most relatable part of Buddy's story is his deep desire to know his real father. Buddy has a strong sense that he doesn't fit in where he is, and he longs to be really at home. He wants to know his real dad and his real home and his real family. I have a number of friends who were adopted as children, and they love and appreciate their adoptive parents. Uh, But now in adulthood, and with all the technology available, they are searching out for their birth parents. And sometimes the story ends with great joy, and sometimes the story ends with deep disappointment. Whether you're adopted or not, whether you have a good relationship with your parents or not, whether your parents are living today or not, we all, in a sense, are orphans. We've all experienced the orphan heart. Everyone here was born with an intuitive sense that this is not our real home. Everyone here was born with an intuitive longing to know God the Father and to know His pleasure and His smile and His affirmation. And a lot of our stories here are wrapped around the struggle to find that or to recreate that in this world. The orphan heart lies deep within every human being. You may not have been able to name your restlessness, You may not have fully understood why you never feel fully at home, but this is it. We are estranged children. And rather than suppress your orphan heart through self-help books and therapy, I encourage you to lean into it and allow that desire to drive you back home to the father this Christmas. You can be home for Christmas. Now, there is a way that Elf is the opposite of the real story of Christmas, the story of the elf is the story of a son who leaves his home to go and find his father. But the story of Christmas is the story of a father who leaves his home on a rescue mission for his kids. The good news of Christmas is that God comes to us. The word advent means coming. God comes to you. Jesus was God coming to us at Christmas Jesus lived a sinless life. He taught powerfully. He loved indiscriminately. He allowed himself to be arrested and whipped and forced to carry a cross. And he allowed himself to be nailed to that cross, taking on the sin of the world onto himself. And he died that day. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And the death and resurrection of Jesus opens up the possibility, opens up the way for us to return to God the Father. Maybe your next step is to acknowledge that God has been pursuing you your whole life long. Maybe your next step is to tell God that you want to come home. Maybe your next step is to simply come back next week and reflect on the message of Advent. Whatever you do this Advent season, take a step toward the Father. Take a step toward the Father. You will not be disappointed. Let's pray. Oh God, we pray your blessing on families everywhere. We thank you that you ultimately are the true Father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. May our families and our lives reflect your character. We pray for those who have in this Christmas season a heightened sense of orphanhood. For those who long to know your affirmation and love. Reveal yourself once more in the message of Christmas. May we each proclaim with excitement, I know him. Thank you for the example of Joseph, who faithfully and consistently did the right things in the right spirit. Give to us the strength and courage to do the right things, even when it's hard. Most of all, Father, thank you for the good news of great joy proclaimed by angels long ago. A Savior has been born, thanks be to God. This we pray in Jesus' name, and all God's people said together, amen, amen.